Sky in Hawaii. Coming to you from Misty Mountain Studios, sitting at 2,440 feet above sea level on this big rock in the middle of the Pacific, just outside a volcano in the Puna district of the Big Island of Hawaii. Lord bless this planet and every living thing on it. Thank you so much for listening to High in Hawaii. Welcome. If this is your first time, howdy. Kick back. Enjoy. You're going to like it. We're high on life, high on the mountain, and high on cannabis. This podcast is meant to be a form of entertainment and escape while at the same time being informative and keeping us all informed on the new products and, of course, the methods of consumption. Again, if you're new, howdy. Thank you. Appreciate you being along. Special thanks to each and every one of you for each and every download. Our six-month goal was reached at the three-month mark. Yes, we finally got over that 1,000 number. It was like a big hill. We finally got over. So let's keep it going. And with that accomplished, let's just uh, let's just pick up the expectation. What do you think? Let's just go for 10,000 downloads by the end of the year. 10,000 downloads by the end of the year. We can do it. We can do it. I keep doing me, you keep doing you, all right? This episode is One Last Purge. One Last Purge. How I got it down to that one final load, and then we hit the road to Seattle. We'll have wise words from that old farmer again. Who's got questions? Yeah, we got a lot of questions from last week's episode. (laughs) And some others as well from other episodes. We just finally have enough to put together as a segment for you. Pause for the cause songs, of course, where we take a little time to enjoy what we have uh, together. Uh, learning as I grow some popcorn buds and why you should buy them. I didn't know what they were a long time back. I had to get educated. You may not know what small buds are compared to the big buds. I know it sounds self-explanatory, but why are people hesitant to buy them? We'll talk about it. And help is available if you struggle with some of the issues like I do. If you're a veteran or a non-veteran, it doesn't matter. We've got some numbers and some people that can help you out. This episode is brought to you under the influence of Josh D. OG Kush, Josh D. OG Kush popcorn. Mm. Yeah, we demonstrate how to uh, roll that up and uh, to grind it up first in the want some popcorn video. We did a video called Let's Roll and we left it up, but it got blocked because of some, uh, what do they call that copyright shit. And. <laughs> I forgot. I had some ACDC playing in the background. It sounded good, man. I was jamming, so I turned it up. And uh, so you might have to look for that one. But we did a new one called uh, Roll With Me. So I did a new video on how to roll a joint. So, But this is the joint that we rolled in the video. Mm. And this is that Josh D. OG Kush popcorn. Now, you might remember from last week's episode, we did the Josh, OD, Josh D. OG Kush but it wasn't the popcorn version. So I show you in the video the different sizes and what they look like. And then, of course, once it's ground up, it's all the same. This particular strain is good for uh, depression, anti-anxiety. It's uplifting, energizes the mind, gives you a positive mood enhancer, helps creativity, intense pain reliever, helps PTSD, and antidepressant. Hard for me to smoke this joint and talk at the same time. Mm. Thanks to the big store for this strain. It's one of my favorites, really, uh, especially at daytime. I, I like it a lot. Um, we got a lot more info uh, on our website. If you want to check out those videos, you can find those on the YouTube channel from our website, www.hiinhi.com. Highinhi.com. There's a link at the top where you're listening to this. It should be a link, so hopefully you can find it. There's also a support the podcast button, and we're very grateful for everybody who supports the podcast. Thank you to Audrey for helping me out with that TikTok. Man, she's doing a great job on that. Mm. So this episode, One Last Purge. Living in the Valley Ranch area, just outside of Dallas, that's pretty close to DFW if you're not familiar. Maybe you've flown through Dallas or anyway, DFW is like its own town, the airport out there. <clears throat> and we live close to that. And yes, Valley Ranch is where the Cowboys used to have their training uh, facilities, but they've moved now over to uh, the Frisco area. I found a lot of peace and serenity in those ponds in that area. There's a lot of ponds around the golf courses. Now, I don't play golf anymore. Can't because of my hands and my back. It's probably been like 12, 15 years maybe since I played. It had been 15 years. would have been 2013. I played in a little scramble, but all I did was pitch and putt. I couldn't drive anymore at that point. 
can't hold the driver long enough and hard enough. Can't just can't hold it. Can't. And it's horrible on my back. By the end, I'm crawling around. Anyway, I don't play golf anymore, but I, I admire the sport. It was a great place to take my buddy Spot. He loves to walk. So we would go out the gate and go walk around these different ponds. Chase, he loved chasing the rabbits and the squirrels. I'm going to set this down because it went out. Usually, I take a few rods with me. Now, people that know me <laughs> know that I like to take a pretty big arsenal with me when I go fishing, especially for bass. Like three or four rods, and I feel comfortable. I'm ready to go. But usually on these little pond things around the house, it was two or three rods, and that's all I needed. But one day as I'm walking spot and we're going around this corner, I notice these three guys are fishing in this pond closest to the apartment. Now, I don't necessarily consider this my pond by any means. I mean, I got to go over a fence to get to it. And we're living in an apartment, so it's not my pond. But it was the closest one to the apartment. So it's the one I went to the most often. So I gather up a couple of rods and I head over to see how they're doing. Now, I really don't intend on taking over their area at all. I'm just going to go to the other side and cast back in front of them. Not really in front of them, but you know what I mean, out there in, in the water. So I gather up my stuff and I head over. And I see him sitting there. Two guys are sitting on the ground. And this other guy's standing up. He's got a rod in his hand. It's open face spin cast. Now I know he's got it upside down because you can just tell it's upside down. And the two other guys, they don't even have rods. They're just sitting there with spools in their lap. Spool line. They're hand fishing. The guy with the rod. <laughs> The guy with the rod, man, he, he's having a hard time making it work because it's upside down. He's casting like in an upward motion, basically flicking the bait up in the air, and it goes up and then lands about 12 feet in front of him, which is about twice as long as his pole. He's got a piece of wood, I think, tied on for a float. I mean, it's just a little piece of wood on the end. of It's just it's not a very good setup. The other two guys, they're using Coke bottles, plastic two-liter bottles. Okay, that's their float. So right off the bat, I'm a little bit pissed off because I know these guys ain't got no license. There ain't no doubt in my mind. I mean, you don't go fishing with gear like this if you got a license. That's just how it is. I know this. And I'd also seen some litter there before. And I ain't saying they left it there. Okay, I know that litter can come from a lot of places, especially in these little creek-like ponds in these golf courses. It can just wash up from a long ways off. But when you see litter... That you know is from fishermen like styrofoam container for worms or a liver package or anything that looks like bait. You know somebody's been sitting there, especially if the ground's all messed up and you can tell somebody's had their fat ass down there. People leaving litter, it pisses me off. So I'm a little bit perturbed when I'm first walking up on this scene. Yeah, and it, Like I said, you know the difference between somebody's leftover bait stuff and washed up garbage. You just do. So as I walk by, I see these two guys sitting there and they kind of nod at me and I say, how are they biting? And all they do is just wave and smile. That's a, just a smile and a wave. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they don't speak English. I don't speak Spanish, so I'm not going to be able to converse with these people. The guy with the upside down pole is in the other direction, so I just kind of wave at him. But nobody's caught anything to this point that I have seen. So I get about 50 yards away on the other side, and I decide to go with my rod number one. Now, this is my small rig. It's an ultralight spinning combo with 12-pound spider wire. Very small diameter, but very, very strong, okay? And on the end is a modified, modified bait. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's a new tongue. I'm trying to break it in. On the end of it, I'm tied on a modified beetle spin. That's to try to word I'm trying to get out. I replaced the jig head with a chartreuse and red eye special. Okay, it's a chartreuse head, red hook, and a red eye. And instead of the jig on the beetle spin, I use a, uh, a gulp alive. That's made by Berkeley, gulp alive minnow. Looks and smells like the real thing. Probably tastes like the real thing too. I never tasted it. I've tasted minnows, but not the not the gulp alive. So this is a small rig. Okay, it's, it can catch a wide range of fish from brim, crappie bass it's caught catfish it's caught uh, sand bass i mean it's it's a good rig so i lay the other rod on the ground and i cast across the pond i'm about 15 feet away from the guy with the upside down pole and i could tell they're watching me you know i mean we're the only four people around this pond and you know the water's calm so they see my thing land and i'm telling you the minute it hits the water there's a big swirl, and then this bass is dancing across the water coming back towards me. I'm not here to catch dinner, 
All right. Golf course runoff water, really not my ideal of good place to grow my food or store my food, depending on how you look at it. So I just throw it back. I mean, it's just for fun for me. And then it dawns on me, dang it, I could have gave them some fish here. I could have offered it up, but I didn't even, I didn't even make the offer. I just threw it right back because I'm eager to throw it right back in the same spot again and do the same thing right over. So I check my rig. I make an adjustment to my gulp alive minnow and then I cast it back. Bam. There's another one. Second fish on his way across. This time I've already got it in my head. I'm going to ask, Hey, are you guys keeping fish today? Do you have any fish on a string or do you want this one? So they get all excited and they come over. You know how it is. I'm sitting there with this fish and they ain't caught nothing. So I introduce myself and it's two friends and one cousin from out of town. One of the friends can actually speak English and the other two guys don't speak very good English. So I ask if they've had any luck. And the one guy that speaks somewhat good English, he says they've only had a few nibbles. So I ask them, what what are you fishing with? What kind of bait? And they say bread and worms. Bread and worms. So I show them what I'm using. I demonstrate how to cast with an open face spin caster. Of course, I I reverse my handle. So it looks a little different to the guy. But I show him how to do it after a few minutes. And after a few more casts, I switch over to rod number two. Now, this is a six and a half foot heavy action rod with a bait caster. And tied to the end of it is my all-time favorite lipless crankbait. It's chrome with a red eye. got one big rattle, and it makes a nice heavy splash when it hits, and it makes a lot of racket coming across the water. Like again, like I said, this is a heavy rig, 20-pound test. Not many casts before I land another bass. And this one is bigger than the first two. And, I mean, it's put on a show for sure, dancing across the water. And I take it over to them because they've gone back to their little fishing spot. And so I show this guy... You know, this fish coming off the hook and this rig that I got and I'm, I'm, you know, explaining how it, the treble hooks can get hooked up in the grass. You got to keep it out of the thing. And I try to show the guy, but he, he, he doesn't want to try to try to throw it. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So he shows me his big treble hook with a piece of dough. I mean, it's just basically a piece of bread that they've formed into a dough ball and put on the big treble hook. And the other guy, he's, he's hand fishing with a smaller hook and he's got a live little worm, little wiggler worm on there. And he's the one that's been getting nibbles because it's laying on the bottom. He, he's not, he hadn't caught no fish. Like I said, they've been getting some bites, but no, they hadn't caught any fish, but they're only fishing like five feet in front of them. I mean, the, the other guy, he, he's not having any luck with that pole. But I show him, without saying any words, how to use his equipment. And pretty soon, he's casting a little further. He's got one of these big weights on there, so it just starts plopping to the bottom, you know. So I'm standing there with these guys, and I realize I could do more than just give them some fish today. Yes, I could teach them to fish. And I'm, I'm somewhat doing that. I know, and know, I know you know the old saying, give a man a fish, feed him today, teach a man to fish, ruin his marriage. I, I no, that's for, no, <laughs> it's not how the saying goes, but that's real life. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime, but you can't ruin marriage. <laughs> I'm just saying, take her fishing with you. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Teach her how to fish and you'll have a much better marriage. But, uh, I figure out I can get rid of some of my gear here. Okay. I can do a good thing and get rid of some of this stuff I can't take to Hawaii. So I asked the guy, I said, how long y'all going to be fishing here? You going to be here a little while? And he says that they're thinking about moving over to this other spot. I think at this point, I think they thought I caught all the fish out of this hole, but I didn't. There's a lot of fish in there and it's a creek. So, I mean, it's like constantly fed. And I tell him, I say, Hey man, I tell you what, follow me to my garage. And I'm going to hook you up. And they were a little hesitant. Uh, and I can understand that. You know, here's this this guy. He's being nice. And he's saying, follow me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I say the word that is universally known. Free. And they come running. Weights, hooks, lines, lures, plastics. Uh, two spin cast rods and reels. A stringer. A small box to carry all the stuff in. Man, they were happy, 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 I'm telling you. Even though, like I said, they were hesitant at first till they heard free. That's how it went for the first six months of 2018. I would see someone who could use something I could no longer use, and bam, it's gone. Purge, purge, purge. Got to get rid of it. I'm going to take two carry-ons, two large check bags, on the plane trip, Kathy's also going to take the same amount of luggage. So that's four carry-ons, 
four large check bags of luggage. I think the weight limit was 120 pounds per per bag, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. The pause for calls here pretty soon. Um, for those that never travel first class, and I know a lot of people grumble about first class because of the price, but check this out. Other than the extra room and the foot space, the complimentary beverages, the better food choices, first class passengers can bring more luggage. Yes, more luggage. So we're trying to get as much luggage in our plane trip as we can, and we figure up the price difference. And the difference in adding a bag and adding weight to these bags to compensate for what you could get in first class was about a hundred dollars difference for each of us. Well, that was a no brainer. A hundred dollars difference. That's an easy decision. I'm telling you. So now we could take extra luggage and extra weight and we're going to sit in first class. Another advantage to first class travel is the bathroom. Now you don't think about this very often if you're just going for a few hour trip, but when you're five or six hours in the air or more, it's a big deal if you're sitting near the bathroom. Number one, you're going to hear the door open and shut. Number two, you're going to smell the door open and shut. Number three, you're going to have people standing in line waiting to get to the bathroom. But in first class, only the first class passengers use that bathroom and the flight attendants. Only in a emergency situation do they allow people to come up and use the bathroom, especially on those longer flights. So there's a lot of advantages to having a first class ticket if you're in the situation like we were. So after downsizing to a one bedroom apartment, things really started to take shape. I mean, it's nothing like moving an eighth of a mile to help you get cleaned up and get your stuff in order, right? Get your poop in a group, as they say. After a few tries, I finally got it all figured out. It's all down to two suitcases each, two large green stuff sacks, two backpacks, and everything else is going to fit in the box in the trailer, the garage parts. We had some good times in those first six months, a lot of a lot of fun times, a lot of good goodbyes were given all around. I spent probably two months of fishing and hanging out with as many people as possible. A few epic Harley rides. I would say a few few great nights sitting around listening to some great music. It was all good for my soul, but I was really like a pinball, just waiting for that push, you know, for that, that pinball plunger to hit me and go on that wild ride across the country. So our plan is to trek across Texas, go up into New Mexico, and then through Colorado, Wyoming, hang a left through the Tetons and through Yellowstone, and then make our way through Montana and Idaho and end up in Washington, knowing that this is going to be my last trip to do this kind of mileage. Kathy was kind-hearted enough to let us roam as free spirits, which means we just leave and we go and we stay where we get. Although our final destination was set and there was a time to be at the ship in Seattle, we had a deadline, but from A to B to C was kind of, well, it was a free, free spirit kind of trip. Now I'd gone through my stuff so many times, packed it all down. Fitted inside these boxes and inside this luggage. I mean, I took, I took photos out of photo albums and put them in a Ziploc bag so it'd be a smaller footprint in the, in the packing. And other items, I did the same thing. Medications, you know, I had all my medications packed up and I mean, just everything that was supposed to go was in certain luggage and everything that was going to stay with my kids was, was also on board the, the trip, but not not going to be getting on the plane. I had some guns to leave with my son and a cedar chest from my grandmother that one of my daughters has. And like I said, every item was intentionally placed for a specific destination. By the end of June, it's starting to get hot in Texas. The thermometer read 113 degrees the evening we drove out of there. We made a short stop at Christina's Tex-Mex restaurant. Had to get some street tacos and a margarita. And then we were on our way. For what I would think would be probably my last time across the West. Now, I made this drive about 10 times or more in my lifetime. Back and forth to Spokane from Dallas. 2,222. That's the best way for me to remember it. 2,222 miles from Spokaloo back to Big D. And then back again from Big D to Spokaloo. 2,222 miles you must travel. You can get uh, maybe a little bit shorter distance and you can definitely go a lot further distance, but you're going to get 2,222 miles behind you 
before you get there. And it can be a grind if you don't stop. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you don't sleep, whew, it's tough. But it can be done. I'm just saying. Try to cut it in half at least. You know, a two-day trip. But four or five days is cake. But in three days, it's still pretty much work. you, you got to be committed to sitting in that seat and getting them miles behind you. I was ready. I made it easy to get the Harley on and off. For sure, it's never coming back to the States. Never, never going to be back on the mainland. So I had a few pretty good rides planned for the Harley along the way. It's what I didn't plan for that caused me the most grief. And in the next episode, I'll tell you how I almost lost it in Spokane. I mean, I almost broke down. The Spokane breakdown. I'll go into detail my state of mind, and how I would deal with a very big anxiety attack. Surprisingly, not in any way related to my daughter's wedding or being around my ex-wife and her family for the first time in a long time. That all went wonderfully. It was a magical day when Audrey and Tim got married. But there was a moment before we left for Seattle that would almost break me. It was a panic attack that only a few dear friends... And a Harley ride could cure. More on that in next week's episode of High in Hawaii. The episode will be called The Spokane Breakdown. Time for wise words. (laughs) The old farmer. Wise words from the old farmer. Most of the stuff people worry about ain't never going to happen anyway. Wise words. This is from the old farmer. You'll hear me reference him quite often. I like his stuff. (laughs) His quote is wise words today. Most of the stuff people worry about ain't never going to happen anyway. This is so true. So true. Most of the biggest events in our lives have come without notice. Think about that. Most of the stuff people worry about ain't never going to happen anyway. It's the stuff you don't know about. (laughs) That's the stuff that's going to get you. Not related, but I guess hair comes to mind, really. I spent too much time on my hair in my life. Too much time in front of a mirror. Too much time with a comb and a brush. Being bald has freed me from the mirror and the comb and the brush and the conditioner and the shampoo. No barber, ain't got to go get it trimmed and none of that. As Vic Legg used to say, it's my solar panel for my sex machine. (laughs) I put together this podcast idea really to help people keep you informed. If you don't know how to roll a joint or don't know how to use a bong or don't know how to do dabs or don't know what popcorn is or... Whatever it is, we're, we're trying to help you out. So if you've got a subject that you'd like us to talk about, shoot us an email. kndmisty.mountain at gmail.com. That's kndmisty.mtn at gmail.com. On the transcript, you can see it there. If you have any questions or if you just have an idea for a topic, shoot us an email. We're looking for some creative ways to help promote the podcast. Time to rest my voice for a few minutes. Time for a pause for the cause song. This is the Oliver White Group. What's in store from the album Control. Again, the track is What's in Store from the album Control. Oliver White Group on high in Hawaii.
So he's one of them gifted, talented, I'm talking about just all around incredible performer, musician, <clears throat> nice guy, great guy, still performing, also uh, doing some coaching now. So for those out there that are gigging, you want to improve your stage presence and maybe you want to do a little better at the open mics or maybe you got a full band and you're looking for a way to up your game. Reach out to Oliver. We'll put a link on here on a transcript section and the chapter markers. Reach out and uh, let Oliver help you out. As with most of our artists, we get permission to play their music. So we're trying to promote them. If you feel inclined, check out those chapter markers or the transcript section. You can find a link to them. You know, support them. Support our musician friends is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Hmm. Still working on this giant. Nice and smooth. Let's go through who's got questions. Who's got questions? What we do is we wait until we get a few questions and then we have a segment. So each week we don't do this. But when we have enough questions, we will um, set it up and do it. So we got quite a few this one. <clears throat> First question comes from D.C. That's not a person. That's a place. Is there any land for sale adjacent to you in the jungle? No, nothing for sale adjacent to us, but there is land for sale in the forest here, Fern Forest, as well as other subdivisions. Most are sold, and I say most, uh, yeah, almost all of them are sold in three-acre parcels. They're called spaghetti lots. They're like 125 feet wide in the front and forever long, and um, we have two of those side by side, so that's how we have six acres. Some of the corner lots are five-acre lots. And the prices vary depending on the location, depending on the development, depending on your road situation, um, anywhere from like 8,000 to 5,000 per acre. And I know that's a big window, but it's a big area. So there's a lot of variables. So eight grand to 5,000, I mean, 8,000, eight, 8 to 15K somewhere per acre. Clear that up or more. It can be more. Don't hold me accountable, please. It, like I said, depends on the location and the improvements. Question two, can I come camping? Yes. All one-to-ones are welcome at my camp. Bring your boots, your bolo, and your best stories because we're going to record some podcast. <laughs> you can leave the you can leave the names out to protect the guilty. That's fine. I don't care. Musicians know they have an open invitation to come teach me some guitar. Always need some guitar teaching, so musicians have an open invitation to come stay. And we're in the early stages, early planning stages of building another house. So there will be more room in the future. Also, there are rooms available within like 10 miles of here in Volcano Village. Also, the Kilauea Military Camp. Kilauea Military Camp is just inside the Volcano National Park. It's very nice. Run you around 100 bucks a night. Very good place. Cool place. Lots of good uh, amenities there at the Kilauea Military Camp. Question three, how close are you to the National Forest Land? We are less than a mile. At the, actually, at the end of our road, Kokokahi Road, is National Forest Land. You could easily hike out of there or hike into there from here. Of course, you got to have a backcountry pass. I haven't gone yet because of my foot, but I may someday, depending, you know, if i got somebody reliable around me. 
What type of advertise question number four, what type of advertising are you doing to promote high in Hawaii? All I'm doing is word of mouth. That's all we got going right now. That and social media, which is word of mouth. It might be word of media, social media, but still word of mouth. So tell a friend or two, you know, they'll saying somebody tells somebody and they tell two people and then they tell two, you know how that goes. So in the planning stages of designing a weed card, To help you when you prep your bud, after you grind it up, a little grind card, grind card, weed card. I haven't decided what we're going to call it, but of course we'll have our uh, our logo and and all this stuff, cool stuff on there. Question number five, last question out of uh, who's got questions. Why don't you have a subscription and download fee of a dollar or something? That was the question. I want it to be free. That's as, that's as simple as I can make it. My, my saying for a long time was if it's free, it's me. And now I know it's kind of hard to sell something to people when it's free because they're like, eh, that's not possible, but I got give it away. It's free. Other people feel inclined to donate and have generously. And I'm very grateful. Um, I was asked to put up that donation button on our website so that people could give whatever they want, whenever they want. However, it suits them. Like I said, I'm not trying to make money off this thing. All the funds that get donated go to pay for the podcast fee, the monthly charge, uh, purchase new equipment, and also for upkeeping our website and and, and also studio gas. We're going to pay the gas to come in, give them some gas money, and pay for their time. I don't expect anybody to come in here and do anything for free. So that's that's what we do with the funds. We're out here in the jungle. We're like 20 miles away from Hilo Town, and that's that's the biggest town close to us. Volcano is about six miles up the road, and uh, so that's what that's what we do. And I I'm just doing this to try to provide sort of an escape, just a little time to hang out and chill. I hope it's worth it to you. Again, our email k n d m i s t y dot mtn at gmail.com that's k-n-d-m-i-s-t-y dot m-t-n at gmail.com learning as i grow why should i buy the popcorn buds why should i buy them well i'll tell you it's a good deal before we get into that, I will give you a quick note out of the grow room. We've harvested. We got some pictures up of uh, the newest harvest. That's a monster OG Kush, and uh, they turned out pretty good. Not great. Needed them a little bit fatter, but we had some bud rot, and we lost about six buds off of the biggest tree. Only one off the smaller tree, and that was about three days worth. I caught it three days in a row, and the neem oil helped to help to finish that off so we quickly removed the damaged ones sprayed the plant with that neem oil and after a couple days it it finally worked itself out now the problem was mold that's what caused the bud rot and it's my own fault two simple things i forgot to do i'd forgotten to put on the application of the neem oil and i forgot to put on a fan at night keep the airflow stagnant air caused the mold it's my own fault without daily inspections it would have taken over the plant for sure. Yeah, I would have lost everything. Next week's episode, we'll go into more detail about bud rot and how to avoid it and how to prevent it. And that's the same thing. I think it's working. Yeah. Once again, pics on our stuff will be posted in the video section on our YouTube channel. You can check that out. Highandhigh.com. So in the store, I hear this quite often. What does popcorn mean? What does that mean? Popcorn or small? Some, some stores will label them smalls. Some stores will label them popcorn. Some street vendors will call them popcorn or smalls or tiny buds. So a lot of street vendors won't even offer them, but we'll get into that in a minute. But in the store, I see quite often people asking, what is popcorn? What's that mean? A few people are hesitant to purchase these buds because it's new to them. If they could see the end result, then they probably wouldn't be making such a big deal about it because it's really not that big a deal. And in our video, want some popcorn, we break it down for you. Sometimes you may have a few more ends, so it may seem like more stem, but usually those stems are smaller and you can grind them up anyway. I grind it all together and make it work for me. I've never had a problem with the smalls or the popcorn. Some people even prefer them. And not just because of the price point, but because they're easier to work with. Like a big, a big grade A bud might have a stem you don't want to grind up. Whereas the smalls, like I said, you can grind up 
all that there is. Popcorn buds basically get their name from their size. They're usually just buds from lower in the plant. Like I said, the real difference is their size. The A buds look bigger and fatter because they're bigger and fatter. Popcorn buds are smaller. They're just smaller versions of their bigger sisters. That's it. The debate usually is about potency. Some think that the grade A buds can have more potency. And it's possible that those grade A buds may pack a little bit more in the trichomes. In other words, they may have more THC because they have more trichomes in them. But the THC level is not any higher on those buds than it is in the popcorn. Normally, the average person is not going to be able to tell. The buds are tested the same normally because they're tested in a batch group and not individual buds. In the video, Want Some Popcorn?, I'll show you both. We show you the difference before, during, and after. It's really all the same. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. Pull out that big tree, break it down, smoke it. But if the smalls do the same thing at a lower price, I'm going to get some. So we show you how to make it all work for you in the video. Want some popcorn on our YouTube channel. And you can use them for anything. I mean, just as anything you could use the big buds for. Matter of fact, I like them when they're small to put in for the mesh greens into the rosin press. We'll be doing more videos on that soon. Of course, you can roll it up. You can smoke it in the pipe. You can put it in a bong. You can vape it. I mean, there's just a, a, a wide variety of things you can do with these popcorn buds. And as I mentioned, that micro mesh green, the little pouches we use in the rosin press, they fit in there really nice. As with most of our conversations... This is really geared towards those who purchase in the stores. And believe it or not, not everybody who's listening gets to purchase in the store yet. And don't get me started on this, but the state of Hawaii messed up, man. They dropped the bill in the house. New York may be the catalyst, but it's going to take a long time for everybody to get, get in line, I think. We'll see, as the Zen Master would say. We'll see. So if you're still dealing with your friend, you know, your friend or your, uh, your you know, Ask your friend if they offer those smaller type of buds, known as popcorn buds. Your your friend or your street vendor, your dealer, whatever you call them, I don't know. Sometimes they they have them, sometimes they don't. Most of them really don't want to deal with them because they're at a lower price point. And a lot of times they like to keep it for themselves because they know it's just as potent. It's just as good. What I'm trying to say is they're not going to be motivated to want to get rid of them. But you can ask. They don't, uh, they don't expect them to bring the same price because they don't look like grade A big fat buds. And many growers are the same way. They like to keep them for themselves. Sometimes you hear a song, makes you think. Maybe it takes you back to a time or a place. Maybe you can associate a person with a song and a time and a place. I obviously have had music playing throughout my life and I probably always will. I'm a huge fan of blues music, big fan of John Lee Hooker, Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy, B.B. King, Albert King, Freddie King, all the Kings, of course, Stevie Ray Vaughan, all those kind of players, uh, classic rock. I love classic rock. Always have. So I've been collecting good tunes for a very long time. When I first heard this song, I was in a bar and um, I was struck by how simple the sound was, but how delicately each chord and riff was placed. So I was kind of mesmerized from the beginning and I, I was catching the words a little bit here and there. And as, because it was live and in a bar, I couldn't hear it as well. So I had to have a copy. I asked the guy, I said, man, can I get a copy of that? The artist, his name, and he's truly an artist, his name is Travis Brink. And at the time of the recording, it was with a group called Dog Dander. So that's the band who put the song out. Dog Dander, all one word, lowercase. You can look them up. And we're going to feature more from Travis in the future with Dog Dander and also some solo stuff from Travis. Travis Brink. Now, as a word man myself, I thought, how cool is this? This is a song written from the perspective of a fighting rooster. Okay. The champ, he's the winner, and he's got to keep winning, right? Because if he keeps winning, they keep feeding him. He's the champ of the whole pen, 
But all this, all this champ can think about is if he was a better breed of bird, he would just up and fly. This pause for the cost song is the title track from the album A Better Breed. sidetracked i pick up the guitar on that one that's it a better breed of bird would up and fly dog dander we'll put the link there on the chapter markers and in the transcript section no one is immune from depression stress anxiety mental health issues i only share my experiences so that others can use it And I hope it helps them. If it just helps one person, then that's enough. I mean, obviously bigger is better, but all I can do is focus on trying to help one person. Now, I'm not going to come here and tell you 
what a doctor is going to tell you. I just share my experiences as an example of some mental health issues that people go through. There's such a wide variety. As I mentioned, stress, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. It affects a lot of people. And I want people to know that they don't have to struggle alone. Help is available. These things can affect anyone, anytime, anywhere. I never realized how many people struggle with mental health issues. If you take one thing away, just remember your thoughts are just thoughts. And even though you may dwell on them and give them more meaning, they're still just thoughts. Now, last year we've talked about this. I was involved in that 22 push-up challenge Push up for veterans. I saw Kid Rock was doing it too. So he's got a bum elbow or something and he was doing setup. So, and that's cool. Whatever. 22 veterans each day take their own life. And that's what the 22 push ups for 22 days challenge was about. And I was supposed to challenge people each day to do the challenge, but I kind of left it open ended. Anybody that wanted to jump in. Number one, not anybody and everybody can do 22 push ups. I have to work myself up to 22 push-ups. I don't like doing push-ups. It's hard on my body. But I can do them. So I don't challenge you to do 22 push-ups today. Matter of fact, if you're disabled in some way and you can't do a push-up, do a sit-up, do 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 an up of some kind. Do a look-up, you know, whatever. Some kind of up for somebody. It doesn't have to be a veteran. Just... Picture somebody in your mind. Think about them. I got a bunch of somebody's in my mind. Different, different people that I, I mean, I'm not going to pinpoint who they are. They know who they are. And they, I, mm, I just know from the conversations I've had with other people that they struggle. And they've told me and I've told them and we know that we don't have to struggle alone. Reach out to somebody today. Check on somebody today. Let somebody know today that you're okay. And if you're not okay, well, then it's okay to let them know that too. See, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to ask for help. It takes a lot of strength to ask for help. Even if they're not registered with the VA or enrolled in VA healthcare, this is available to all veterans, their families, and friends. VA responders standing by 24-7, 365 days a year. This is staffed by caring professionals. I mean, people who know what they're talking about. They're qualified. All right? These are veterans. They've been there. They understand what veterans are going through. And if you're not a veteran, they can connect you to somebody to help you, too. If you ever need immediate or emergency help for medical or mental health crisis or concerns, you know you can call 911 or you can contact the Veterans Crisis Line. You don't have to be enrolled in the VA health care. I want to stress that again. The person maybe that you're thinking about that doesn't have health care through the VA but is eligible to be, or maybe you don't know, they can help you with that. They can still help. 800-273-8255, Veterans Press 1. That's also the National Suicide Prevention Line. But Veterans Press 1, 800-273-8255. That's the veteranscrisisline.net. That's the place to go online. But the Veterans Crisis Line, you press 1, 800-273-8255. Veteranscrisisline.net. Text them at 838-255. It's all in the transcript. Every week it's here. You do not have to worry about the information it will always be available for you right here. So you don't have to write it down if you don't want to. If you don't want to wear the camo bracelet that they give at the VA, so you got that handy. You see me wearing it. The number's always here. Please don't struggle alone. 22 veterans take their own life each day. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want you to be one either. In next week's podcast, the Spokane Breakdown. I'm going to tell you how I almost lost my mind. I mean, I lost some stuff. I almost lost my mind. Uh, I was, I was, oh man, it was rough. I'm going to tell you, but it, it's all coming up next week. Coming up soon, studio guest, 
Going to help out with some informative input of music, culture, and of course, cannabis. Got somebody scheduled right now to come in next week, so we're looking forward to that. That'll be in the future episodes. Also working on a future episode for a special hippie holiday coming up soon. Uh, once again, everybody's getting vaccinated, and we'll all be sharing responsibly, and details will come as they uh, come forth. Hi in Hawaii is a view. <laughs> the goats are on the porch. I got to go get them. Hi in Hawaii is a weekly podcast. It's free and easy to use. Please tell a friend or two. Thank you for listening to Hi in Hawaii, a K&D production from Misty Mountain Studio, copyright 2021. I really got to say that shit. Just a heads up, our Wine and Weed segment is going to be a spinoff. We're going to be doing our own separate podcast called Wine and Weed, and that's going to be done once a month. Look forward to that coming up on our website, and hopefully we get to start that this fall. It's my goal to save all of these podcasts and that we publish here at Misty Mountain Studios so they'll be available for future generations. Going to be putting them on a hard drive and handing them over to somebody when that time comes. www.hi. In HI dot com. Hi in Hawaii. Aloha. Y'all come back now, you hear? Have a night That boy ain't right. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. Smoke weed every day.